The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I just wanted to start with a few comments that I didn't get to much yesterday. Um, particularly around the retreat aspect of this, uh, of this week. For those of you who are able to come more frequently to come as a retreat... I mentioned a little bit around simplicity, uh, simplifying your life this week, but I just want to reinforce that. Um, you know, on a residential retreat, we really simplify. We're away from our own environments. We're, uh, we often will renounce our cell phones um, and not look at devices at all. Um, there's the silence, the simplicity of silence, of not communicating with people. Um, so there's a lot of supports. Those offer a lot of supports for us in our practice of looking inwards because so much of our, um, the ways that we engage in the world tend to be habitual and we um, have habitual ways of responding and reacting to many of those ways that we renounce on retreat. Well, we can't renounce all of that this week and this is a big part of what we're actually looking at what does it mean to um, to live in our lives, to um, uh, to bring some of the mindfulness practice right into our daily lives? And so, but it can be useful to look at what might be able to be renounced. What are you doing that's extra? So, just checking into that this week um, as you as you go about your day. So. Um, you know, this morning when I got in the car, I, I put on the radio to listen to the to the traffic, and then um, soon after that, I remembered, and it's like, yeah, I don't need I don't need to be hearing all the rest of this right now. So um, you know, I just listened to the traffic so I could know about my r- route here, and then and then just turned it off. Simple things like that. You know, what what is extra? Um, looking at what you're doing in your day that might be something that you could let go of in the service of the cultivation of mindfulness this week. So I just offer that um, uh, as a suggestion and some particular things, you know, radio, devices, um, television, internet, those kinds of things. If you find yourself engaged with them, check, is this... You know, kind of we can use the... (coughs) use the right speech um, uh, guidelines. Is it true? I mean, well, that's often this stuff is stuff coming to us. But, you know, even in our own minds when we're engaged in things that potentially we could, um, you know, let go of, it's like, well, is this actually a true thing that's going on in my mind? Or is it a fantasy? Is it a projection? Is it some kind of idea? Is it useful right now in this week? Is this something I need to do? And is it a kind thing to be doing for myself? So that's, a, that's a, some kind of guidelines we can, we can work with. Maybe I'll do this. Um, so the context of in speaking to somebody and maybe saying something that we realize might be a little divisive or maybe not as skillful as we would have hoped um, the recognition of that, we might just clearly recognize it as, yeah, that's what I said, and it might not have been so helpful. So it can be a, a really kind of clear recognition 
and an acknowledgement of, oh, that could have caused harm, that might be causing harm. And there's a quality that the Buddha points to as being a really helpful quality, and it's useful to speak about it, especially when we're stepping into uh, a week where we're looking at relationship and speech and where we may be (laughs) noticing that we're saying things or doing things that we might regret or we might feel some self... um, criticism about. Um, The quality is, uh, the Pali word is hiri, and there's two connected words, hiri and otapa, the Pali words hiri and otapa. Um, And they, they basically stand for two aspects of how our heart responds in terms of if we do something or think about doing something that might create struggle or harm in the world. And so the quality of hearing is looking back at things we've done in the past and recognizing, oh, that wasn't so helpful. That might not have been such a good thing to do. And the feeling is kind of um, one of, the, the, the translation I like is conscience. It kind of tickles our conscience to, uh, uh, to do something that, that might cause harm. Um, it feels kind of similar in some ways to shame, but it doesn't have the self-denigrating properties. It's a, it, it hurts the heart. I mean, actually, when we recognize with, a, with an open heart, a heart that is not constricted, a heart that is not um, uh, defensive, when the heart is not defensive but it's open and resonant, when we do something that adds struggle or suffering or creates a potential for suffering even, we feel that. It, it kind of hurts. And so some of that may be what you experience, that feeling of, oh, that might not have been a good thing to say. It's like, hmm. We don't know necessarily whether it was helpful or not, but there's a little bit of a kind of a warning bell. It's almost like a little moral compass that goes, you know, it's kind of wavering and saying, hmm, not sure about that. And it, that is worth paying attention to because it, when our heart is open and responsive, it will resonate and uh, respond when it um, anticipates or recognizes that it potentially is, is adding suffering to the world. And so that quality is useful to understand as a helpful quality. It doesn't, you know, it has a kind of an unpleasant feeling, which is, is interesting because many of the qualities that we look at as wholesome qualities, you know, love, compassion, wisdom, equanimity, uh, joy, um, tranquility, you know, there's, there's, there's more of a pleasantness to those qualities. The mind feels, feels kind of relaxed and, um, and spacious. And with the, the hiri or that conscience, there's still the spaciousness, but there's this kind of, hmm, something that feels a little off. And so that's, it's worth um, noticing that and recognizing whether we are responding to that because that feeling can be uncomfortable enough that we don't like it and we want to um, basically have a kind of denial around it. It's like, oh, well, you know, it didn't really matter or 
um, they deserved that anyway, or, well, it was okay, I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't mean it, or, you know, so, so we, we don't, um, we don't want to feel that feeling, and we do all kinds of strategies often, and some of it may be, may be the strategy of shame, which is, oh, I'm such a bad person, I hate myself, which was my strategy often, actually, was this kind of self-flagellation kind of strategy. And that is equally not helpful. So the, the feeling or the recognition of that, you know, kind of vibratory, mm, something feels off, is worth noticing and kind of seeing, can there be a holding of it without resisting it or pushing it away? Uh, or, um, you know, kind of turning it against ourselves. So that's, um, that's the hiri side of it. And the, the otapa side is looking into the future, thinking about something we might do. There can also be this quality of a kind of a warning signal that's, hmm, maybe not. If we are aware in the moment, as we are thinking about contemplating an action or contemplating saying something. And you notice this a little bit. It's like in, in your conversation, you, you noticed, oh, maybe I won't say that. That's kind of that otapa side at work of saying, hmm, maybe not. Uh, and so again, these qualities in our exploration of, of relationship, really helpful to um, get really honest about these and not afraid of them. They're, there, they're actually there to help us. But we're so, um, yeah, I, for some reason I thought, and I don't think this is that unusual um, for, for minds in this culture, I thought that if I hated myself for something I had done wrong, that it would help me to not do it again in the future. Um, that somehow that self-judgment, that self-denigration was kind of the way to help me to not do it. And it, you know, it actually isn't, <laughs> it, it doesn't quite serve in that way. <laughs> um, so uh, so they're, they're useful to, to look at and to explore. Um, let's see, there's one other piece I wanted to bring in around these two. I can't remember. I can't remember it at the moment. If I remember it, I'll mention it later. I'll mention this tune. So the kind of, um, oh, I don't have enough energy to be mindful. That's kind of what that is, in a way. I'm tired, so it's okay if I'm not mindful. Um, I think part of it is the the feeling or the belief in some ways that mindfulness is work that it's a hard thing to do, uh, or that it's extra effort somehow. And that's a big reason why I, I, um, I encourage it to be such a light touch. Um, so, uh, you know, even the noticing that you're tired, there was some awareness right there. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm too tired to be mindful. Anytime you actually, anytime you notice the mind say something like that, I'm too tired to be mindful of X. Or I'm, I'm, I can't be mindful of X. I can't be mindful of spacing out. I can't be mindful of being mad or whatever. I can't be mindful of uh, being sleepy. Um, just the fact that you notice 
I mean, you, you may not notice that. You might just be tired and like forgetting it altogether. But if you have enough recognition to say, oh, I'm 2X to be mindful or whatever like that, you have enough, uh, you have enough mindfulness to be aware of that of that itself. So one thing you could, you could explore, and this is something I talk about a lot in another form of, of meditation I teach. Um, if you notice that the mind is saying something like, well, I'm, I'm too tired to be mindful. It's like, well, okay, well, can I just know that I'm tired? I know that I'm tired. That's okay. I don't have to do anything with that. Um, it, it, and yet, and yet, what, what's that? I mean, you're going to have to brush your teeth anyway, right? I mean, so you needed to brush your teeth. And um, what, what is the belief? What is the sense? Okay, I'm brushing my teeth, but I'm too tired to be mindful while brushing my teeth. Um, so what is, the, what is the belief there that it's going to somehow add extra energy or take too much work or something? So um, just explore. I mean, sometimes I would explore something like, what is the least amount of effort it takes to be aware right now? Like right now, you know. And it's not, I think again, you know, it's something like we, we think we have to be mindful of something in particular, like brushing our teeth. So I'm too tired to be mindful of brushing my teeth. Well, what do we think that means? We think maybe it means, you know, paying attention to all the sensations or, I don't know, something, some kind of focus, as opposed to just standing there and knowing you're tired while brushing your teeth. The, the knowing quality there doesn't weigh very much. But what we think we have to do is what is, is kind of more effortful. It's like picking up something, some idea of what it means to be mindful. So this is a lot of what I try to kind of break open in this, in this, in this week. It's like there's nothing in particular you need to pay attention to. Just know that you're brushing your teeth. And it's, uh, you know, um, it doesn't have to be a very... Uh, focused kind of meditation and that's a lot of what what I why I said you know just especially with the the shorter tasks you know it's like just notice it and get on with your day just notice it and get on with your day Um, so that it doesn't feel like something you're picking up and um, trying to hold on to even with brushing your teeth if you're tired it's like you know okay well can I know that I'm tired while I'm brushing my teeth. Maybe the tiredness is actually what is most obvious. This is another um, exploration, especially in the, in the longer pieces, just what is most obvious? What is the easiest thing to notice right now? So right now, what's the easiest thing for you to notice? Just sitting here listening, maybe? That's, that's enough. doesn't have to be more than that. And... Um, Maybe a little bit of of what's going on in your body, so it's no, it doesn't have to be very focused. So if you are tired and doing things, um, there is enough energy already to be aware. And anything, any idea that mm, I don't, I, it takes too much energy to be mindful. That's really just a mistaken belief. So, pl- 
play with the edge around um, not believing that thought, but also not engaging with mindfulness in a way that feels like it takes that kind of energy. There's a different way, and this it, it, have it be playful as opposed to, you know, this is something I have to kind of pick up and do, carry around with me. But what is the lightest touch of being aware, of being mindful? And, and being mindful, you know, just, just knowing, just... I think awareness may be a better word, as I, I mentioned yesterday to, in response to one question, you know, just, just, um, you know, just be aware that you're changing posture while you're talking. I said that, and it could be just be aware that you're tired while you're brushing your teeth. That's enough. So, just a little encouragement there. <laughs> and um, actually, maybe I'll bring this in too because I thought of something else. So, yeah, the noticing in whether whether it happens, the the noticing of mindfulness returning, whether it happens. Um, in the middle of your longer chore, like brushing your teeth, it's like, oh, here it is. It's like that moment when mindful. It's like, oh, what is that experience of mindfulness arising? You know, that experience itself. What is the experience of mindfulness itself? Of of being aware. There is what we are aware of, what we become aware of, the sensations in our mouth, maybe the standing, seeing, all of that is what we become aware of, you know, some of the what, but then there's the experience of mindfulness returning. The actual, oh, here I am, standing in front of the mirror. And it's kind of like, there's, there's, there's a shift in the mind as that mindfulness returns. Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that noticing of that, the, the noticing of mindfulness returning can bring some of that. Sometimes sometimes it, it's it's arising in the midst of something challenging and it may not feel so happy, but um but there is a kind of a brightening in the mind that happens when the mindfulness returns. And that recognizing that itself is very powerful. As I said, in that moment, that's just happening effortlessly. So you didn't have to do it. So the, 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 um, you get a taste in that moment for what it's like to have effortless mindfulness. And that kind of recognition of the return of mindfulness, just the brightening quality in the mind, the, the sense of what that's like, as I mentioned yesterday, that is something that becomes something. We become familiar, or it becomes kind of like, "Oh, that's interesting. That's worth noticing." And so, just that recognition helps us to notice it more. And in the task, this is a lot of what we're we're looking at. But we can also notice this in the in the um, the more the longer chore. And a couple of you have mentioned that when you notice something you know, just the mindfulness comes back in that way, that there's a little bit of a linger. And maybe you noticed that too, that there was a little bit of a linger there. So this is something else that we can play with, um, in particular with the, the task, the thing that you do regularly throughout the day. As you notice that mindfulness returns, it's like kind of tune into that quality of being aware and then just be curious how long it lasts. You don't have to try to make it last, but just be curious about how long it lasts. It's kind of like, this is the, the piece that I remembered that I wanted to bring in. Um, 
There's an analogy I sometimes use about cultivating uh, mindfulness. Um, it's, there's, similar, there's, there's some similarities with uh, this analogy of riding a scooter. Well, not a motor scooter, but one of the kick scooters that the kids ride where you have a platform for your foot and you put your foot down, you tap the ground. So, you know, there's the, you tap the ground and there's a the little momentum that you get. Uh, and then you tap the ground again and there's another little momentum that you get for each tap, you get a little more momentum. And after a little while, you don't need to be tapping as much because there's more momentum. And very similarly with the mindfulness, um, you know, initially as we're exploring cultivating mindfulness, you know, that little tap, and sometimes the tap itself is just like mindfulness is back and the noticing of that or connecting to that. And the, the connecting to that at different times, at different times of the day, you can notice like you tap your foot on the ground depending on you know what the conditions are maybe you've tapped your foot and you're on a little bit of a smooth um, patch of of ground you'll go a little further you know you tap your foot on the ground and it's a an uphill you're not going to go very far but you can notice that you you know how far you're how far you're going as you tap your foot on the ground so that you know when to tap again and likewise with the mindfulness, as the mindfulness returns, there's, there's some conditions of some momentum for that. Effortless mindfulness there. There's some conditions for that momentum of effortless mindfulness of just like, oh, mindfulness is back. I wonder how long it'll last. And so that, that's a place, especially in the tasks we can be curious about. It's like, oh, mindfulness is here. And then it lingers a little bit. And as it lingers... In certain situations, we might be able to then kind of, uh, kind of reconnect or or encourage a little bit more connection with mindfulness, and that would be more consciously tapping, like on the scooter, to get the momentum going a little bit. But mostly, what I wanted to point to is that in each time that the moment you notice that mindfulness returning, there will be some momentum there. And some like just natural impetus for that mindfulness to last a little bit of time. So be curious about that. How long, how long does it last?